Hey everyone, welcome to the 33rd episode of Big Slumpin'. I'm here with Josh and Trevor, and uh, how are you guys doing today? What's going on, birthday boys? Everyone, it's Scott's birthday when we're recording this. It's his birthday. I want I want everyone in the chat to say happy birthday. I want everyone to tweet at Big Slumpin', happy birthday, Scott, and uh, happy birthday, Scott. Thanks, man. And I'm not wearing this suit because it's my birthday. I'm, I'm wearing this just because I, I got home from work and we wanted to record as soon as possible. So, uh, yeah, well, Trevor, how are you today? I'm good. Uh, ha- first of all, happy birthday, Scott. Uh, you know, hope, uh, I know it's the big, the big like three Tuesday, so it's not like the weekend or anything, so you don't get to go too crazy, but I hope you have a good birthday and I'm doing well, you know. All right, let's, uh, let's get into this, boys. So... Anyone want to kick us off with their topic? Or... Well, I went first last week, so I think someone else should go first this week. Go first, because you guys definitely won't um, won't follow up me with this or, or relate to this at all. So there will be no piggybacking off my, my point. But uh, I just want to talk about Patrick Marlowe, Patty Marlowe, uh, hockey player for the Sharks right now. Uh, played all uh, played with, I believe, Pittsburgh as well as Tampa Bay. He just broke a huge record yesterday um not sure if you boys saw it but he broke gordy howe mr hockey's record of most games played in the nhl which is just pretty awesome um i believe he's had a 24 year career now so you know he's been playing hockey longer than all three of us have been alive so pretty exceptional there um and just a great interview after the game where he's just like you know just love the game happy to be here um i believe this will be his final season just want to hear you guys thoughts on the, the accomplishment of him uh playing so many games and breaking a record that's just been out there for so long uh i mean first of all those gloves are awesome gloves yeah i think i sent trevor a, glo- a picture of his gloves uh for breaking the game yeah uh, they're the, they the really custom gloves and I, I like it when athletes mm-hmm. are able to customize you know their outfits and their their gear uh shout out roger goodell why don't you let the players like wear their cleats that they want to wear like they're cool and like it really doesn't matter if they wear blue cleats versus like something like custom like figure it out <laughs> um oh that's insane to me like i just a hockey player playing that long like it's a violent sport like injuries happen now granted they do play through a lot of injuries but i mean that, that that's crazy <laughs> i think doing anything at any point for 24 years is insane i don't think it has to be sports i think just doing anything for 25 years is extremely impressive and you know it's cool i mean i don't know i don't know what else there is to really for me to, to input here it's just it's just really cool cool that you know no injuries have really come up that have made him stop playing in 24 years that's that's crazy our friend from boston is trying to facetime me right now i'll uh that, that's the shout out he'll get on the our, show our first, um, our first guest <laughs> oh no we, we can't we can't reveal his name yet we'll probably shout his name just so that he could get some get out there um uh, yeah no but yeah i, I agree with J- josh completely um just doing anything for that long is a true testament of one's abilities and it's uh it's just remarkable like and I think Josh or Trevor also said, like, playing the sport of hockey, too, for that long. Like, it's not just him playing a sport that's not contact. I mean, he's getting his body beat year in, year out. Um, yeah, he played 1,760 games to break. So that, that broke the record today. He was games. drafted second overall in 1997. That's, again, before we were all born. Uh, he's currently 41. So, I mean, he's still kicking out there. Um, I was actually looking at it, like, 
I was talking with someone about it at work today because we had a or yesterday because we had a staff meeting and we were talking about how he's going to break the record. Um, and it's just wild to think about how he's never been like a huge name player that's been like a star or in the MVP voting. He's had some All Star uh, appearances, I believe, um, in some really solid seasons. But he's never been known as like, oh my God, this guy's unbelievable. Um, he actually had an 86 point season, which was really good. But yeah, so you know, we were just talking like, you know, he's just always been around. He's been healthy. He's played. He's like, you know, most I mean, most of these seasons, I think one year it might have been a, a lockout that he didn't play. But most of these years, he's playing at least 70 to 80 games. Like, like he's he's just out there every game, kind of like Kyle Ripken with baseball. Like, I was gonna say Josh McCown. <laughs> yeah, it's very I don't sure. know why that's the name uh, I thought of. But, like, it's funny because we, like, we were talking about like is he a Hall of Famer and looking at his stats, I think without a doubt, like one he did break the record, but it's not just like empty stats. Like he's not scoring or assisting. This man has over 600 assists and 560 goals, so he's almost at 1,200 points in his career. Which, uh, whenever you get across the thousand threshold, is he's you know he's almost 200 past that. Even if it took him more games to get there, like he's still hitting this milestone. So that's just awesome. I find it really impressive that he family. was that he was on the Sharks for so many of these years to stay in one place. That's really cool. And yeah. to come back for his final year too, and in terms of that's really cool. Has he ever won a a uh, championship? Has he won the Stanley Cup? I can't see, I can't uh, see it. Let me look at it. It usually says in hockey reference, it'll say in the top. No, he's not won a cup. So. Uh, let's see if he how he's done in the playoffs because he's been on Pittsburgh for only one year. That could have been a a year that he could have won, but he was not only there for like a couple games, I think. Um, yeah, so he's made. Oh my God, he's made so many playoffs. That, that's kind of a Stanley bummer. That's kind of a Ooh. bummer. You play for twenty million years, you don't win a Stanley Cup. I don't know. He might have made it in a. In 2015-2016, because it says that he played 24 playoff games that year. But I feel like that means he had to make it to a cup. No, you're right. That's br- I mean, yeah, that's brutal. brutal. Um, brutal. I mean, still, just a hell of a year. Not a hell of a year, hell of a career. Um, yeah, just good good for him there. So, uh, yeah, just wanted to talk about that. I also think it's really cool because, so, he, uh, he had an – where he broke his final game was in Vegas – which I just feel like has to be one of the coolest places like to break a record in. And then they had off day the next day. So like I'm really curious like if, if he he uh celebrated a little bit in Vegas with his with his teammates and if he if he was uh, the one taking the tab because you know, he was probably never like the highest paid player in the NHL. He he's collected quite a few uh game day paychecks in his career. So yeah. any other uh comments on Patty Marlowe? Let's say who wants to take the next topic then. It sounds like we're ready to move on. I guess I'll go. Um, <laughs> this always happens. Like, Scott, you're the host. Just tell someone to go. I know. I no, no. I, I, I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. Um, so I don't know how long we're actually going to talk about my topic. So we might just talk about a couple other things too. But uh, it was just something interesting. Uh, it came out. Well, not came out over the weekend. But over the weekend, obviously, uh, if you guys were on Twitter at all, a lot of people were posting about the – Basically, the Michael Jordan doc, the Chicago Bulls, like the 90s Bulls, like Last Dance uh, from ESPN. That was the anniversary, I think, of the first episode last weekend. And I don't know about you guys, but uh, well, especially like, you know, 
growing up a Bulls fan, like that, that was something like last year that kind of made like the beginning of the pandemic a little more like, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like tolerable, like doable. Like it made it like, like it was something to look, it was something I was looking forward to every weekend. Like, you know, there was no movies come out. There was no sports, but you know, that was, this was kind of like one of the first things I think really that, that we, we really like, I don't, I don't know, like, I don't know about you guys, but like you guys had that. I feel like that same feeling where it's like every week we, it was like something to talk about, something to do is really like enjoyable. Like it wasn't necessarily the most like like factual like documentary. It was more just like Michael Jordan putting out his opinions about a bunch of different stuff and just being Michael Jordan. But I was curious, you know, with it being the anniversary of that, like, what do you think they should make it like that kind of series? Like, what kind of doc? Like that kind of documentary? Yeah. Like, what player do you think like? they should do something like that a player or like a team you know first of all i want to say that that series was amazing like i completely agree with trevor i look forward to it each week i will probably rewatch it several more times in my lifetime just because such a big michael jordan fan love the bulls it was an awesome era it's just badass the moment where he's like well you think you're gonna win or you think you know barkley's the mvp let me just destroy him in the playoffs like it's just absolute savageness of Michael Jordan in that series is spectacular and just seeing his competitive drive is cool um, it was I, great. Also do, I also do Trevor love thinking about this is like you know nowadays you know a couple years ago when we're watching uh, Steph Curry get back to back MVPs and the Warriors winning titles you're thinking like oh they're going to make a documentary of, of how this Warriors team formed we're definitely going to see that in the future um, so I, I love the question you're asking like what's going to be the next last dance in the future or are you saying like anything like happening right now that would be turned into the last dance or anything in the past i it, i think it can be just anything because i i had i had an idea of what i think it would be but i was curious uh what you guys would think because i think espn obviously I, it's espn it's disney they see something that just people like watch and it makes a ton of money and like the last dance drew obviously so much attention not only because of i think it was i think it was universally well liked obviously some people were like a little upset that it wasn't a true documentary but i think it was still very entertaining and very it was something good to watch and disney sees that and they're gonna make more of these things right so it's where it's like what are they gonna do next you know what, what's the what's the next like last dance espn like 10-part documentary that they're gonna do this all in dive on dive in on they're gonna have all these different guests you know i had an idea but i, I was just curious I, I what have you guys thought. one that i can think about that would be comparable but let's hear what Josh's comments are before we uh, we go through our list. Or Josh is shaking his head; he does not have one. The one that I can I can see is um, Tom Brady, and, and like just because he's won a similar amount of titles to Michael Jordan, um, I could see something similar to the not the Last Dance, but um, you know whatever they want to call it for Tom Brady, like the Last Ride. I don't know. I think they've made a Last Ride thing. Um, that's whatever it is for Tom Brady. I, I can definitely see them doing that. Trevor, I'm curious what your uh, what your person is. So I, I'm yeah, Tom Brady actually like that seems like a great pick. I you know as someone, <laughs> I even said it on last episode. I hate the, I hate the Boston kid who's like all the Boston championships. I don't hate him, but like I just hate the idea of him. Uh, I think that would be an awesome documentary to watch. I'd still really like it just to see how a team achieves that level of success over you know two decades. It would be incredible. Or, or, or the Patriots specifically? Uh, Tom Brady, but his career, obviously, you would see it with the Patriots, and you obviously yeah. get Bill Belichick. Like, you know, they do the last dance thing where it's not only, like, 
it's about like kind of like Michael Jordan, but like before and after that kind of stuff. So. The Last Dance did not just tell the story of the '98 Bulls. They that was the main um, storyline. But the yeah. fact that, like you said, Trevor, they did a great job of going back chronologically and being like, "Here's Michael Jordan's past, and here's when he got drafted. Here's the players around him when he was drafted." Now comes in Scottie Pippen. Then they go off that and go, "Who the hell was Scottie Pippen? How did he get drafted? And was his career like?" So they talk about you know. How they brought in all the players to create this 98 team specifically was fantastic. So you're right. If they do do one with Tom Brady, um, obviously it's going to start with him in Michigan. Him being, I think he was fighting for the starting role in Michigan for a while. And even when he was the starter, he people weren't drafting him because the the athleticism in the combine. So um, looking at that, looking at how he started with the – Patriots, the Bledsoe stuff, and they'd probably go into Bledsoe's career a little bit. Um, you're right, going through all the receivers he got, how Edelman became a guy. I'm sure they would love I mean, Edelman, to Wes Welker, Danny Amendola, um, Chris all Hogan, those guys. I'm sure, oh, I won't, Chris Hogan, yeah. Edelman, Edelman and, and Welker, I feel like, were, were all pro, really good receivers. <laughs> Hogan, I, I'm sure they would talk about him just because lacrosse background and Brady develop him. But they'll definitely mention um, Gronk and, and uh, Aaron Hernandez, as well as that defense with uh, Will Fork and Gilmore and everyone. So, but like you said, even if they're talking about his last win as a, as a, let's say Buccaneers, that was his last Super Bowl win, which we still don't know if that's his last Super Bowl win ever. But uh, if that's if that's the you know the last hurrah and whatever they call it for Tom Brady, they're gonna go through all these Patriots Super Bowl wins, which include you know the Falcons game or the Seahawks interception, like. It will be a really good documentary. They, that might be brief, but yeah, that's that's gonna be crazy. So, I, I think that's the only one I can think of that's gonna be comparable to the Last Dance. Yeah. So what, I guess what were you thinking of? Yeah. So for mine, for my idea, I honestly, this was as soon as the Last Dance ended. This is what I I was thinking immediately right away. This is what I want to see. And it was uh, I I want I want to see and it. It's kind of cheating because I think they've already announced that they're making this, uh, but I want to see the Kobe Bryant documentary. I don't know how they'd go about doing it, and I don't know the time how the timing of that would work. But that that's just that's what I want to see. I think Kobe Bryant's fascinating. I think his 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 love for the game and his devotion to like just being not only the best like basketball player he could be, but just being. Like such a just take how, the way he approached almost like everything in life, all the stories you hear about that, the mom mentality, obviously, and his life post basketball, uh, his journey, you know, to becoming, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant in the NBA, like a uh, star for the Lakers, just all the all the different Lakers teams with you know Shaq, Pau Gasol. Um, I I just I just think there's so many different things you could go into, and I think he's such an interesting, like person i i think he would generate the level of attention that you would get from like the the last dance documentary i think that would i i think i, I mean i feel like it's it's i feel i feel like i think yeah i think like they've announced that they're already making something like this so it's kind of like cheating, I, but... yeah i didn't even know that they announced that yet um but that that is awesome i think i've and heard think, something like that but i think like yeah. you, it's not just that kobe was an interesting character as well as like work ethic and the mama mentality but I think I completely agree with you on the aspect that they were a dominant franchise. I mean, he won he won five rings with two different kind of eras, one with Shaq, one with Pau Gasol, where he was more of a vocal leader, and it was pretty much Kobe's team. Um, 
I definitely think that's fascinating. I, I do love documentaries like The Last Dance where you have Jordan kind of reliving and talking about the mentality he was in. Yeah. Um, I know they have a bunch of, of uh, videos and interviews with Kobe that they probably could do that. But yeah. it would be a little sad if you like, obviously, you know, you're talking about all this and you just know the lead up is going to be. And he fortunately had a tragic accident. You know, like that's it, it would be very different than hearing, you know, Le, uh, Michael Jordan saying, I took that personally, smoking a cigar and drinking his uh, whiskey in his, his you know, lake house place in Charlotte or whatever. Um, versus, you know, having the family and loved ones of, of uh, Kobe. I think it would still be super it would get a lot of attraction. I think it'd be very well done as long as they do it right. As long as it's not just like a money pull to maximize off of this accident. Like as long as they just treat it like a, a good documentary, a docu-series uh, about diving deep into the Lakers and Kobe's success. Yeah. 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 I, 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 and I, that. If it's done What's right, that? you know, if it's done right, like it's, it, I mean, we already know they're making it. So like I knew it was confirmed too. I knew that. Yeah. As long as it's done right, you know, it's, it's it's inevitable. Like it's it's obviously inevitable. Like they're they're gonna make it, and I think it was gonna it was gonna be made bef- even before, uh, yeah, he passed. So yeah, uh, mine was uh, I I thought it was really fun to look back on the careers. They're not all done playing, but yeah, but the banana boat crew. I think a uh, oh. just a telling of the uh, the four banana boat boys, maybe five. You want to include Chris Bosh in there. But uh, their, their their careers and how you know how they transpire and how they all like basically kind of grew up together and stuff like that you know that's for those who aren't familiar the band the Banana Boat Crew is Carmelo Anthony Dwayne Wade Chris Paul and LeBron James uh, sometimes it includes Chris Bosh sometimes it doesn't it's kind of confusing but it's mainly those four and uh, a story of like how they all rose to being you know all time greats while like basically growing up together and being best friends I think it'd be really a wholesome wholesome tale. I think, that I think that's a cool. space jam. <laughs> no, it's not. I think, I think they could also do uh, one thing. Quick shout out to Chris Paul. He just uh, moved sure into fifth. Just moved in to uh, fifth all time on the assist leaderboard. I think he just passed uh, Magic Johnson. So congrats to him. That's pretty cool. He is still five thousand assists away from uh, catching up to John Stockton. So I'm not sure that will happen. Um, but no, I think that could definitely be a documentary, Josh. And the crazy thing is, you could also do the same group of people. Minus Chris Paul and do a documentary or docu series on the 2003 draft because I think it went what it went uh, James yeah that's Wade Mello and uh, Osh for all that year so um, I think Chris Paul was drafted a little bit earlier but still like the fact that you, you could just branch off the 2003 draft and see how their careers have gone but yeah no that that's definitely another one um, any other comments on Trevor's topic here boys. Well, uh, Chris Paul, I don't know why I thought he was at the earlier 2003. He was in the 2005 draft. Um, him being older than uh, – well, he may be older. He's 35, and LeBron is what? LeBron is uh, 36. So, yeah, it didn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, but LeBron, LeBron was out of high school. Right, but still. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think uh, well-done sports tales documentaries are going to take a huge step forward. The, 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 uh, I think The Last Dance was a game-changer. I think it's going to be. We're going to see a lot more sports stuff in the common culture. I think that's. I think that's good for everybody. Yeah, I think. I, I think Josh is 100 percent right. The last dance was like evolutionary. That hopefully all, not just documentaries or docu series like that are done as well as that. But I think hopefully sports movies in general are, are told well um, from now on. Like I, I remember when Moneyball came out and that movie was so good, and I'd love to see more stories like Moneyball 
hold in, in just as good old fashion as that movie. Well, I so. love Moneyball. Moneyball's one of my favorite movies of all time, but that's not <laughs> how it all went down. Like, there, there's made-up oh. characters in there and stuff. Like, the Jonah Hill character just doesn't exist. Yeah. And so, like, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I love that movie. It's, like, probably my second favorite movie of all time. But, like, that's not a 100% accurate telling of what transpired. I completely agree. Um, all right, Josh, why don't you take us away with uh, your topic for now? And, Trevor, if you have anything else you want to update on, on, I know you, you said you might want to do a few more topics. Hey, just, you know, if, if we didn't end up talking about it for long enough, but we, we'll we go into Josh's topic. Well, and... we've only spent 22 minutes, so we got a lot of time to kill. I don't know how long mine's going to take up. We can hopefully talk about it for a while, but I want to talk about what was what came out in the news yesterday as, as it's recording in regards to Kobe Bryant and the Nike basketball contract. Uh, we were told by Vanessa Bryant that the Kobe uh, Nike contract expired on 413 and that it was not re-upped, and as of right now, Kobe Bryant, or, you know, his legacy, is a uh, sneaker-free agent. And so uh, Vanessa Bryant went on Instagram. I'm just going to read her whole post. Um, Kobe, Kobe's Nike contract is fair on 4 Kobe and Nike have made some of the most beautiful basketball shoes of all time, worn and adored by fans and athletes in all sports across the globe. It seems fitting that more NBA players wear my husband's product than the other signature shoe. My hope will always be to allow Kobe's fans to get and wear his products. I will come to fight for that. Kobe's products sell in seconds. That says everything. I was hoping to forge a lifelong partnership with Nike that reflects my husband's legacy. We'll always do everything we can to honor Kobe and Gigi's legacies. That will never change. Um, and so this is kind of a, a, a bombshell because uh, Kobe and Nike are kind of synonymous. And beyond that, uh, it's been I, – I'm, I'm way more in tune to sneaker game culture than you two, unfortunately. But um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's, it's borderline impossible to get any shoe right now, let alone a Kobe Bryant product and so uh when he, when he when he unfortunately passed um all as any artist does their their products their art get they, it gets extremely expensive and that was not any different from kobe shoes they exploded in price and then instead of making uh instead of making the products be extremely available for kobe fans nike made them more limited and that goes exactly against what vanessa bryant wanted i'm sure you against whatever kobe would have wanted and uh, it was very well known that Vanessa was pissed about that. All the Kobe fans were pissed because what was happening is that resellers and scalpers, low lives, would uh, buy these would buy these shoes or jerseys and flip them for huge profits on them. And instead of just making more products so that can't happen, and actual Kobe fans can get the shoes, Nike just made them even more limited, making it even harder. And uh, I'm sure that's what made this happen because I'm sure Vanessa wanted, as she said in her post, she wanted it. She, my hope will always be to allow Kobe's fans to get and wear his products. Nike was not letting that happen. It's not I'm curious to see how this happens because you can't go to like Adidas say and say, "Hey, sell these Nike Kobe shoes." That that just can't happen because you know that just doesn't work like that. And so I'm curious to see how this will happen because I think Nike needs Kobe Bryant, but I don't think Kobe Bryant needs Nike. And so we'll we'll see. Yeah. But any thoughts on you know this? This was a major deal in, in terms of what things I care about. I, I think you you really did us all justice with explaining it as well as your opinion on this i think we all are going to be pretty synonymous with what we what we think um i think that like you said nike's handling of it has been awful um when kobe passed tragically and out of nowhere they didn't need to yes it probably would have been better if they lowered the price and made it more commercially available because you knew that that um the man was going to inflate and that people all over the world were going to want Kobe products. So you could have just left the price the same, 
and just make sure you're manufacturing the same amount. And people probably wouldn't find with that. Instead, I think, Josh, you said that they spiked prices up and made them more limited. They kept prices the same, uh, except okay. for, okay, so what they started doing before he passed is taking his old products, like the, his first Nike shoe, calling them a pro-tro, like a, they revamped them to make them more better for today's basketball, and then increased the price. So you're getting a quote-unquote better product, but it was an old shoe that they were re-upping, and then this, and then, so they, they, this was happening before he passed. So he passed, and then yeah. they were doing the Kobe 5 pro-tro, I believe. We're on the 6 now, I think. The five pro tro and uh, they were increased in price. They were already before he passed, but then they 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 made they were even more limited. They made less colors and they made those colors less quantity. But like, you can't at this point you can absolutely blame Nike. But when this started, when he died, the the way shoes are made, like shoes are planned out like, two years in advance. Like Nike wow. is already planning what they're doing in two years today, and so that's not it's not yeah, really yeah. fair to blame them immediately for what happened because there's no way for them to instantly make shoes. It just doesn't, doesn't work like that. They can't just like poof shoes. So, uh, they, they could have absolutely spent, they had the money to go into reproduction on other shoes, but they didn't, cho they chose not to do it. They've had a year to change course and to make new jerseys and stuff. They haven't done it. So at this point, I think it's fair, but when it originally happened, I don't think it's fair to blame them, but at this point, yeah, absolutely. Um, just to, just to give an example, of what exactly was going on. Uh, I used to work at Nike for two years and, uh, when I was working, it's not the case anymore. I don't believe but every six months, you would get a free pair of shoes in the store worth less than uh, worth less than eighty dollars, and so I got a pair of Kobe's. I got a pair of the shoe was called the Nike Kobe eighty Demar Derozan colorway. That's the name of the shoe, and uh, I got that one for free. I was given to it for free because it was, wasn't selling for eighty dollars. It was selling for like fifty dollars in the shoe in the store. It was sitting. Nobody wanted it for fifty dollars. All right, you go try to buy this shoe now, which again I got for free. It's now selling as of. A couple days ago, two hundred forty-five dollars, just because it's a Kobe Bryant shoe, and uh, that's the you know and to take that the shoe that nobody wanted and put it on the actual like numbered models and the ones that people actually want it's impossible. It's impossible. Nike's done nothing about it. I love that you have that personal story about explaining how like you said this. I wouldn't say for free because you did have to work, but still the shoe that no one wanted that you could just take from work and just have. Versus yeah. now the price has skyrocketed to 240 250 like you said, is, is interesting. And I will say, like, I think that we all understand the standpoint of Nike and, like, the the business aspects of something like this happens. They are thinking econ economically of how can we capitalize on this? And they've done that, and they've probably made a fortune off of this. And I think that's where the argument is, is the, the morality versus – or the ethics versus the – um economical business, business side, side. yeah so I, I think that's the argument and right now i think we're seeing that nike is such a big organization that they can take the uh, um criticism for what they're doing and just kind of take the wealth and the economic gains they're making off of it which is awful but i think that's what's what we're seeing it just, it blows my mind Trevor, because, it, it, I'm sorry, sorry, Trevor, but it just blows my mind because, like, especially in terms of jerseys, you know how easily they can make jerseys and they just don't? And the shoes, I get because it's harder to make a shoe, but they have, like, the products and quality available to do it a year later. They, mm -hmm. they could have they could have made them at a very, what I think should have happened is I think they should have uh, sold them and donated all of the uh, profit 
from the shoe to, to the Kobe Bryant Foundation is what I think that it should have been done. It should have made they should have pre-ordered it, and any Kobe any Kobe fan could have pre-ordered their shoe in any size, and then all the proceeds could have gone to the Kobe Bryant Foundation. All the Kobe fans could have gotten it. They would have known how exactly how many pairs they needed to make, and that would have been it. I think that was, that that would have been the obvious path to do, and they just chose to just not do that. It's also interesting because they didn't even need to necessarily donate like all the proceeds for this sale to to charity they if they would have been like you know we're gonna donate eight percent you know honor kobe with the number eight or 24 eight they'd probably rather do just because it would save money they, then people would be like i understand why you're keeping the price so high if eight percent is going to the whatever kobe bryant foundation you know like, but they just, were, like just, number one he's like we're honoring him with <laughs> donating one percent <laughs> I don't think if uh, anything happens to J.J. Watt, I don't think they're going to do a 99% uh, <laughs> sale there. But... Yeah. I think I think Josh has really done his research, as you can tell, based on and the personal attachment that he has to what Nike's doing. Um, I just want to ask, like, how do you view Nike now versus how you viewed them in the past? Just me asking me that? Yeah, personally, you, because you, I, I don't know as much about the business or what's happening i i just like i think, I think jo- what he's um, saying josh is that you have the most personal connection and experiences with nike yeah i mean so i'm just saying the best answer really, this question. I, i'm just saying i don't care about what trevor says so <laughs> let's hear what you have to say i'm i'm like i'm just pissed man I, like i i'm not the biggest kobe bryant fan in the world uh yeah. i wasn't like the uh like the the rape allegation stuff always bothered me but you know like I, I respected the man, but I, I, my heart really hurt for the fans that, like, he was a major part of their lives, and it hurt that they couldn't get what they wanted to honor him and to make themselves feel better. Um, I can put this in terms of, like, Michael Jordan. Like, obviously, our age, we never really got to watch Michael Jordan on the Bulls. Like, that's not something we really got to experience, which is unfortunate, but... Um, I grew up with the idea of, like, Michael Jordan being this, like, pillar of, like, tried to be like Mike. Like, that's kind of what I grew up on. So I have a large, large attachment, large assortment, too, of Jordan shoes. I do. And so uh, this uh, previous week, uh, a pair dropped. The uh, Hyper Royal Jordan 1, and my girlfriend wanted to get me them for uh, for our five-year anniversary. And uh, I had you 2 try. I had, like, 13 other friends try or something to try and get me these shoes because it would have meant the world to me and it meant the world to her and none of us got it. None of us got it. And so if you go looking for the shoe right now, the shoe originally sold for 170 You go try to buy it right now, it's like $450. And so it just, it's extremely, I'm mad, I'm pissed because there's no reason for Nike to be doing this. They can make them all. They, 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 there's no reason for them to be this limited. It doesn't make, they don't make money off the resale market. That's not how it works. And so it, it, I'm pissed. Like I'm pissed. And it, it's not Michael Jordan's fault. It's not Kobe Bryant's fault this is happening. It's, it's, you know, it's the guys in the suits upstairs who, you know, let this fester when they can just make more shoes and therefore actually just end up making more money for themselves too. It doesn't make any sense. And so I'm just, I'm pissed. Um, not anti-Nike or anything. I, I, like, I don't know. I don't know what that would look like in my life to be anti-Nike. I'd have to like throw away everything I own, but, um, I'm pissed. I think it's, it's not that they've done anything wrong. They just had an opportunity to handle it better. I think they handled the Kobe Bryant stuff wrong. Uh, I don't think I th- I don't think they handled the Jordan stuff wrong. I just don't think they think they handled it right. But I think they definitely handled the Kobe stuff wrong. Yeah, and, and I, I just I just held up my phone to show the fans on Twitch if they're curious what shoes we're talking about. Um, I think they're pretty sweet shoes, and 
unfortunately, like I didn't know Josh, like you said, they used to be uh, I think you said what one seventy something. Now they're going for like four hundred something. Four fifty. I will read you as of recording this the last five sales: four thirty three, four twenty, four fifteen, four sixteen, one four thirty five. Yeah, so you're you're in the ballpark there with four fifty, and that's just crazy in in my opinion. Like they're they're awesome shoes. Don't get me wrong, but I, I yeah, there's no way yeah. anyone could afford. It. Right. Most people can afford that. Um. Certainly right. not us. No. No. Fuck those men men in suits. Am I right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> but right. Alan, Trevor, uh, any... you, you didn't really like, comment much on this. Did you have any like thoughts at all about any of this? You kind of sound No, I mean at the end of the day, Nike Nike's a business. Am I surprised that they're you know, they're not really being proactive about stuff like this? No, not really. I mean it's just it to me it just it makes me sad because as he said i mean there's so many people who are obviously kobe bryant fans he had a huge impact on the, you know the city of la and i mean just to help imagine how many people you know would want to show their support for him uh rep his gear i mean it just it just seems like a missed opportunity and it just it just seems like i don't know mishandled like they could be it could have been, there could have been more there and to see that the relationship now has been cut off between his estate and Nike just kind of like i don't know it, it it just feels weird it's it's not right you know imagine if jordan just stopped making jordan brand shoes like but it was just done with nike like that's that feels like the same kind of level you know yeah. i think we all are kind of in agreement and I, I think josh spoke well on it so it might not be as much debate it's just con conversing and letting out our feelings on this topic um, i wonder like i wonder like we can we still have, like i there's a couple of things i want to talk about still with this but you don't have to if you don't want to like if you're adidas puma new balance whoever like do you even try to get some sort of deal here like what do you do the only one that i can see because he used to be with adidas is is that's true but i can also see under armor just because they've done Steph Curry has has done a lot with uh, Under Armour and them, so I, I can say Under Armour. So what was that Kobe was with Adidas, but he hated his time with Adidas. Like that was pretty well known. And, and so. if that's a bad uh, if that's a bad relationship, I can't see um, them going back. And I also like that's a Brian and that family. They they probably have enough uh, net wealth that they don't really need to sign a shoe deal, which would be just unfortunate, I guess, because fans fans want. Kobe shoes and they want to show their support for uh, a legend so well yeah I think we'll definitely stay up to date and see what happens with that that's that's interesting um I'm, I'm curious how like other NBA players will react like with the treatment of you know Kobe and Gordon's and see what uh if other Nike athletes maybe decide once their contract is up also not to resign so we'll see I'm There'll curious to see if there's any uh, a big deal I didn't say I'm curious to see if there's any fallout from this all right, Trevor, did you want to bring up any other topics? It sounded like you had a couple things on your mind today. Um, I mean, I don't know. I just... Yeah. <laughs> Trevor just looks up Iowa State basketball and talks about whatever... Dude, I could talk about... Iowa State basketball has been on a heater uh, lately. There's been so much news. That's honestly, like, my whole weekend's been Iowa oh. State basketball. We'll do... I'll do, like, my, my Iowa State Why don't we... right now. Why don't we talk about uh, uh, CJ Frederick real quick? Oh, uh, yeah. Big news out of it's pretty recent. News out of Iowa. That's Iowa basketball. But Josh, so, I think you know that is just trying to hurt me. So is just trying to give me pain. Is that what's happening here? I think what else we can talk about? Just trying to kill uh, talk about Kyle Lowry maybe leaving in the off season. Oh my God! This is just the, the Josh Payne episode. Jesus Christ! 
Uh, yeah, CJ, no, CJ no, Frederick no. entered the... Shut up. That was, no, 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 no. Hang on, Sky. Let's, let's go back to this, because that was a weird story. It felt like... Oh, wait, we're talking about CJ Yeah, Frederick, it felt right? like a weird, like... Hey, yeah, that's... It was, it, it was a very, you know, if you don't live in Iowa, or you're not a fan of uh, Hawkeyes, or probably, if you're a Cyclone fan, you would pay attention to it, because that's just how it works. Uh, it, you wouldn't have heard about it. I guess a Kentucky fan would have known. But anyways, if you weren't, like, in any of those circles, you probably didn't hear about it. Uh, but yes, it was this weird situation where basically one of the starters for Iowa basketball, he's a great three-point shooter. Just, I don't know where all he's of a sudden really these rumors. What? He's a really good player. Yeah. He's shooting 47% from three, yeah. It just, I don't know where all of a sudden all these random Twitter accounts start saying that they're saying CJ Frederick's gone to Kentucky, this and that. But like no one official said it. And it was usually when you see something like that on Twitter, it's like, oh, well, it's probably like wrong or like there might be some misinformation. But then like you start getting these more official accounts saying stuff. And then obviously uh, either the, it was the next day or that night, I can't remember when, it's like Iowa basketball tweet out like that he's entering transfer portal. And it was just kind of like a weird out of nowhere thing. And I mean, I don't know. It was just it was weird because usually those things kind of like dissipate and they end up, you know. Whatever they're saying is going to happen doesn't happen. So I, it was just it was weird. I did some more weird... reading because of course I did because my heart was broken. Um, yeah. <laughs> I had classes with CJ. I thought he was a really nice dude. I'm sure he's still a nice dude. I don't agree with this decision though, of course, but I liked him when I was talking with him in class. Um, so I'm not, I'm going to like bounce around here a little bit. So the rumor started, and then uh, one of the Iowa reporters tweeted it that it was official, but then he deleted the tweet. Yeah. And so everyone was like, what is going on? What is happening? And then nothing happened the rest of the night. And then uh, a story was broke about everything that's happening behind the scenes. And it turns out there was some beef, I guess, between the Frederick family and the McCaffreys, which I'm on record saying fuck Fran a million times. So I'll continue on with that. And then his sons on the team, Connor and Patrick, unfollowed him on everything. That's what we do now in these days. We unfollow, whatever. And then um, we go back into his because he's from Cincinnati, I guess. So um, we go back and look at his dad's Facebook history. He was commenting on Kentucky basketball game threads. He was talking to a fan, and the fan added him and said they need help. Where are we going to get help? And then his dad said, this is like in February again, um, help is on the way. So something happened behind the scenes. I don't know how the, I don't know how tampering works in college basketball, but it appears that Calipari, Calipari did something behind the scenes to lure C.J. Frederick, who by all accounts was happy at Iowa and was going to be a, be a st- have a starring role in this in this next season, like he, he was not short on playing time, he was going to be the one or two option, and so now he's gone, and there's apparently some beef, and it just it sucks, like it just sucks, like the entire team from last year, the start entire starting five, might just be gone, so. So, well, well, Patrick McCaffrey's saying that the the truth's gonna come to light. Right. So, he's got right. he's got some news for us, I guess. So we'll have to wait and see what comes out of his camp. Because it was just it was weird, like you said, like you know, you assumed that he had a good relationship with the Iowa basketball program, but there's some different puzzle pieces you can find and put together. Where he chose to walk on in Iowa over offers from a lot of good schools. He chose to walk on because his relationship with Fran McCaffrey, his uncle played for Fran when he went, when he was a coach at uh, Notre Dame. And so mm-hmm. he chose to walk on there instead of being, getting offers. And now he's leaving. Now he's leaving for Kentucky. Probably. This is really, it sucks. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of 
It's tough because like it, it sucks that he's leaving. He's a great player. I'm excited and I, I'm hopeful for him in Kentucky. I hope he can thrive. I will say I don't blame him. Like we're, we're losing our best players with Luca and Bohannon's going to be gone too next year. Um, Bohannon might be gone already. Bohannon might be gone now. I think uh, Wise Camp or Wies Camp is also probably don't know about him yet. So it's just like the team's still up in the air. Like I don't blame him from that aspect as well as the fact that. Me and Josh, and I think every other Iowa fan, does not think Frangeli a great coach or anyone that you want to play for. So I, I understand him wanting to go to Cal, uh, Calipari and, and Calipari. Yeah, Calipari. Whatever, Cal, Coach Cal in Kentucky. Coach Cal. And, uh, and learning how to like you know play and go pro. So like I, I understand it like just from wanting to get out of Iowa and away from Fran. By so, no means am I mad. That, that's my only comment. By no, by no means. Like, I would, oh. I'd be, like, I, you know, I can't blame the dude. Like, I, as, like I said, I, I enjoyed speaking to him the limited times that I spoke to him sitting next to him in class. It just, you know, it sucks. Fuck Fran. All right. Should we uh, get going into trivia, or do you want, do you want uh, Trevor's Iowa State, whatever he wants, Fran? <laughs> I, no, I don't have any rants. I just I'm I'm very happy with uh, what our coach has been doing. He's attracted a lot of transfers. He's made some good recruits. He's made recruits. That doesn't make any sense. He's he's gotten some he's good recruits. Some good commits. I, one of them was a four star from literally Ames High School. So it's not like that one would have been too hard, but it's still a good pickup. Uh, got a guy from Minnesota today. I don't know. It's just been like a good some good stuff coming. Good good news for Iowa State basketball fans like uh, me. So. Like you, Trevor. I, I love Trevor's transition. I loved his transition last week where it's like, and so this is happening in baseball, but let's talk about the Packers. And you're like, what are you? That was amazing. What was it right even now. about? I don't, I don't know how you did it, but it was it was truly miraculous. And then I love that. Yeah. I don't need to rant about Iowa State basketball, but we did just get a guy that, uh, you know, Ames High School, so that's not too tough. Uh, team's looking good. That was not a rant for, for no. Trevor. Trevor levels of talking about things that that was very minimal. Um, all right, uh, let, let's do uh, let's do some trivia. And again, if we if we want to circle back, I guess we have some spare time for this episode, or if anything happens in the chat. Um, all right, so we're gonna start off with the NFL. Uh, where did I write the questions down? Oh yeah, okay. So ready. First question is: Who was the first professional quarterback to pass for five thousand yards in a season? Rex Grossman. Your options are Warren Moon, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Dan Marino. Right, T. Ready, boys? Yep, let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. Marino. Marino. That's the same answer, and it's both wrong. Nice. So your other options are Warren Moon. Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Okay. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Moon. Manning. All right. We got one point to Josh. Yeah, I was, was going to say it. Big it was, guy. It was Warren Moon in uh in 1982. I was at uh, every he game. Through exact. He's the first professional quarterback to pass 5,000 yards, and he actually reached exactly 5,000 yards. In '82, but this is a little bit of a trick question. I didn't say what was the first quarterback throw 5,000 yards in a season in the NFL. He did it in, I believe, the CFL. Uh, 
so he was still in, ah. in Canada. So honestly, Josh kind of deserves to get the, all the Canada questions correct. Um, yeah, I'm actually curious. I, I don't know who was the first in the NFL, but I don't think it was any of those guys. It might have been Marino. Could have um, been Marino, I feel like. The 83 Marino probably could have done it. Okay, our baseball question. So who was the first woman to call a nationally televised MLB playoff game? Okay, your options are, and I don't think I'm going to say all these names correctly, especially the last one. Um, Heidi Watney, Jessica Mendoza, Lauren Shahidi. Shahidi? Shahidi. And I know her, but I can't say her name. Shahidi, yeah, okay. And Alana Rizzo. Bad at names. We all know okay. that by now. I got, I got like a, I all right. I'm like I have no certain. idea. I'm like 51% certain on this, I think. Okay. Take a guess. Three, two, one. Rizzo. Could we go Mendoza? We got a point. Trevor. Oh, really? I thought. Uh, so Trevor, Trevor. It was, uh, so Mendoza in 2015 joined John Crook and Dan Schulman in a booth at a Yankees game versus Astros. We're in like an alternate dimension where Josh gets the football question right now. I yep. get the baseball one, That's right? That's exactly what I was thinking. Where uh, the next question is basketball. So okay. this is both both available. Uh, either of you guys can get this one. Uh, which player did the Lakers draft twice? Trevor. <laughs> Elgin Baylor, Magic Johnson, Barry West. What was the first one? Kobe Bryant, Elgin Baylor. Magic Johnson, Jerry West. Okay. All right. Josh, you good? Yeah. Two. One. Baylor. Baylor. You're both getting a point. Elden Baylor was drafted twice by the Lakers. So I'll, I'll give you the backstory. So he was drafted 14th in the 14th round of the 56th draft, um, but he opted to stay in school. And I think he played school at Seattle University. Uh, and then they won the they won the NCAA championship in '58, so he stayed I think a couple extra years actually. Um, and then he was drafted again by the Lakers. And instead of being drafted in the 14th round, he was taken with the first overall pick in '58. The so 14th round, kind of went all circles. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. All right, so this one I'm gonna give a point. So right now we're tied two-two. By the way, um, both got the last one, and you. Split the first two. This one, I'm going to give whoever's closest. Who is the shortest NHL player in history? So, Wait, right, who? What do you mean? Let, let me just ask. You guys won't know. What's the height? What height okay, was the shortest you. NHL okay. player? <laughs> I was going to say, how do you yes, get the closest? The question was, who was the shortest? And it gave me a bunch of options. And I'm like, you guys aren't going to get this. Um, Yeah, who was the – or what was the height for the shortest? So just whatever your guess is, whoever's closest in inches or feet, um, will uh, – We'll get the point for NHL. Okay. All right. Uh, what what heights we got here, boys? Just just throw them out. No, I guess five, five four. Okay. Ooh. So the answer was, and Josh is gonna get this because it was oh. five three. God damn it! He's closer by. If you got if you had said five two and five four, that would have been problematic. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's a Hall of Famey, a Hall of Famer as well. Um, goalie, Roy Shrimp Waters, uh, and he had 66 career shutouts, which is pretty impressive. Um, and he he is technically the shortest player to ever play in the NHL. So, um, Josh took that. So there's a three to two lead. 
So now for our fifth question, and Josh, if you win this, you, you, you win the game. Time to put him away. Um, what NFL team scored the most points in a single Super Bowl? Your options are Cowboys, Patriots, 49ers, and Packers. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready, Trevor? I think I have a guess. Okay. Let's do okay. it. Three, two, one, go. 49 How about the boys? All right. And we have a winner. Josh also oh. gets the fourth point because it was the Niners. <laughs> Let's go. Josh got both football questions. Swept football today. Uh, the Niners, so they beat the Broncos in the 1990s Super Bowl. Yep, I was there. They... Yep, they uh, they had fifty five points um in that game, so fifty five points, and they won fifty five to ten. They won by forty five points, so it's the most lopsided Super Bowl of all time. Based on um, Trevor's reaction, Josh, you are now. Based on Trevor's reaction, I knew it wasn't the Packers, so I was able to cut that one away, and they would put it down in thirty to put three options. So well, the Packers started. have only won two Super Bowls. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> they've won four Super Bowls, and I've been alive for one. They were... And they, def- they, they definitely didn't score, like, 50 points in the 60s. So, it was like, okay, the 90s one, I don't think they scored a lot. Yeah. Is what it is. I'll bounce no, back. So, uh, congrats. congrats, Josh. You're now 5-2 all-time against you. Trevor in head-to-head trivia. Thank you. Thank uh, you. The, the, winner's, the winner's circle is currently yours for, for your speech. I'm all for a clean contest. Good job, Trevor. You'll get him next time. Or you won't. We'll That's see. That's the plan. You want don't you don't turn your uh, guard down, Josh, because I'm coming. Okie dokes. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, I think that's all we got for trivia today, or not trivia, the episode today. Josh, you looking at when I have something to say, or just lifting your hand? I'm stretching. Okay. Uh, well, that's all we got. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I guess we'll look forward to seeing y'all next week. Uh, feel free to like, subscribe, watch us on any platform you want. For everyone joining us on Twitch today, thank you for uh, uh, joining us here and you know, watch us and interact with us. Um, Ready, boys. Have a good one. Later, guys.